0: Welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about female characters who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Lane Fargo, and I'm here with Kristen LaBianca. Hello. And Wendy Hurd. Hello. And I want everyone to know that it's been very difficult for us to record this episode because Mercury Retrograde was, like, kicking our asses this morning. (laughs) It's, like, our fourth attempt. It's it's very
1: serious. Like, anyone who's like, astrology isn't real, like fuck you yeah it is mercury retrograde it fucking
0: is (laughs) but we're here and hopefully this is working um i guess we'll find out so how how are y'all what's going on in your lives uh well today i am celebrating my cat snapples gotcha day
1: 17 years ago she came to live with me uh she was four months old at the time she is she's an old lady fairly sweet but also very sassy um It's just kind of crazy that, like, I got her, like, as a 20th birthday present. So, like, I was, like, not even a real person yet. Wow.
0: Uh, You were just a kid. Yeah. You were just a kid.
1: It's, wild to think about that. That I've literally had this cat for my entire adult life. Like, since before I was even an adult. It's pretty wild.
0: Aw. She's so cute. She is so cute. She's a sweet girl. What did you do to celebrate her gotcha day?
1: Uh, We gave her some Bacon. Uh, for breakfast, which was very exciting for her, and um, there might be some chicken in her future.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a day! Yes, <laughs> you didn't buy her like any like cardboard chips this time. <laughs> uh, well, so they
1: they had um, some Christmas related cardboard structures. Uh, we still nice. have one of those up. It's like a stack of presents. It's very cute, and it like looks ridiculous in our house now because it's like February. Um, but you know uh Target does have some extremely cute Valentine's Day um cardboard structures and they also have currently a cat scratcher taco truck
2: ooh that okay. i'm just
1: like oh my and it's called like it says like what does it say on it oh crap i forget i have to look it up i'll look it up and then i'll tell you later like
2: taco cat or something uh, no it says like oh
1: my god it's seriously so funny i'm going to look it up right now okay look at
2: okay. that <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wendy looks cute with you.
2: Okay, so, keeping it pet related. Today's the 1 month anniversary of getting my puppy. Oh. And she um, you know, when I got her a month ago, she was afraid of absolutely everything. She had been she her only life experience had been on a chain. She had only been on a chain, that's it, in a backyard and clearly wasn't being fed enough. So, she was just like you know when dogs kind of crawl around on their belly like toward you like they're scared you're going to kill them but they like you it's like that it was like that all the time she was like always crawling around on her belly like afraid 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 anyone who came over she would just freak out barking everything was like a dog killing machine inside the house because she'd never been in a house like it was it's a whole thing and now she's so much more comfortable and she's running around like a little dog terrorist and um, she ran last night my friend came over with her dog to socialize and she ran up to my friend and like jumped on her and was licking her like a normal dog and I was so Aww. happy so she's still afraid of the leash but she can go on it for a little bit like she can tolerate it a little and stuff like that so come a long way We're getting there
0: that's good Kristen did you find the taco truck? I did it says meow delicioso <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's good we, yeah. needed th- we all needed that yeah <laughs> well i don't really have any pet related updates except that on the day we're recording this it is cold as fuck in chicago it's like negative five and then like wind chill um and my dog is very unhappy and just like does not want to go outside which can you blame him i <laughs> i don't want to go outside either so i no. don't i make my partner take him out
2: <laughs> how does he go to the old. bathroom
0: like that like how does it work um, he usually just, like, goes really fast, because and then he, like, runs back inside. Does I mean, he poop he goes, in the snow, and then you have to dig it out of the snow? Yeah, he likes oh. to, um, actually, he likes to, like, poop up on a snowbank, and then it kind of, like, he, like, runs out of a room, and the poop is, like, touching him. It's so gross. I'm like, oh. why, you <laughs> why are you doing this to yourself? Uh, animals yeah. are so
1: gross and so great, also. It's, like...
0: Dogs are disgusting. He's very strange. He likes to, like, poop, like on a tree or like under a bush or like he's very strange mine's like that too he likes to only pee on something or poop
2: under something like he yeah
0: (laughs) this is clearly the content that people listen to (laughs) unlikable female characters yeah for i guess my other life update not pet poop related (laughs) Is um my partner is going back to work in a few weeks. He got like the date that his furlough ends, and I think it's just a few weeks from now. I think I can make it without murdering him. We're gonna. I think by the time this episode airs, actually, he'll be back to work, so we'll like know if I murdered him or not. Like if (laughs) (laughs) we'll be an update on the on the Twitter. Like Lane's going to jail for murder, or
1: (laughs) (laughs) so this may be your last episode because you may be in jail, um, but hopefully not.
0: Suspense. Keep him in suspense. (laughs) um but it's actually he's going back to work like right after our 15th anniversary and when he told me i was like this is all i wanted for our anniversary thank you <laughs> and he was like i know yeah that makes sense that seems right so um happy anniversary honey i hope you're still alive when you're <laughs> when this comes out so you can listen to it <laughs> um okay so our topic today we are going to do a deep dive into a single work of art we're going to talk about the movie promising young woman it's... I'm, like, devastated.
2: I don't know what to say. It it ruined me. Oh, my God. I know. Like, it ended and I was just, like, bawling. I was crying. And that doesn't happen to me very much. No, I agree.
1: Like, I'm not like a, oh, I cry at movies all the time. Like, I rarely do. But this... It just killed me. So powerful.
0: So, first of all, if you have not seen this movie, um, we will be... Uh, Revealing some spoilers, but we're going to wait until later in the episode and we'll give you like a big spoiler alert when you should turn the episode off if you have not seen the movie yet. For the first part, we're just going to kind of talk about it like uh, in more general terms. Um, And so you can listen if you want and you should definitely check this movie out. It's available right now to rent for, uh, it's like one of those early release ones where it's like 20 bucks, but I'm assuming in a month or two it'll probably, the price will come down. And I... This movie was supposed to come out, what, like, last March or April or something? And then it kept getting delayed because of the pandemic. And so I had read a lot about it before, because it was at, like, film festivals and stuff, so people had seen it. And I'd read a lot about it and was kind of, like, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for it to to come out. And it was kind of nice to get to watch it at home, because I agree. It's, like, it's very emotional. Um... I think, like, for any woman watching that movie, (laughs) you're going to, like, feel some shit. And it was kind of nice to be home instead of at a theater. But it was also nice to be able to um, fast forward through things. Like, there were
2: certain things I could not, I couldn't watch that if I had been in a theater, I I would have, like, had to close my eyes or put my hands over my ears. And, like, just to be able to feel more in control of those, like, triggering moments
0: where you just push forward 15 seconds. Like, it's fine. You don't have to watch that part. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who is not familiar, although I feel like the people who listen to this podcast probably are also very aware of this movie. There's so much. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> this is like <laughs> the official unlikable female characters movie of the year, maybe yes. the century. Um, so it is about Cassie, played by Carrie Mulligan, who it used to be a medical student and um, dropped out years prior after uh, her friend, her best friend, was raped and then committed suicide and so cassie's been like that really divided her life into before and after and she dropped out of school and since then has started engaging in a unique form of revenge which is she gets all dressed up and goes out to a nightclub and pretends to be completely wasted like can't even stand up straight and waits for a guy to pick her up and then uh she reveals that she's actually sober and gives him quite quite a lesson so she's teaching these guys who think that they're nice guys that they're actually fucking pieces of shit and we love to see it
1: yes and it's it's so great the way she does it she'll like go home with them and she's sort of doing this like i'm drunk and i don't know what's going on act and then like all of a sudden she just like switches it off and she's stone cold sober and they are so freaked out they're like (laughs) wait are you sober (laughs) and it's just like it's it's so fantastic
0: It's very satisfying, (laughs) very satisfying. Um, Although, watching this movie as someone who wrote a book about a woman who kills rapists the whole time, I was a little bit like, why not just murder them? Like, Mm -hmm. are we sure they're really learning the lesson that they need to? Like, if they were dead, they would learn a lot more, I think.
2: (laughs) I was worried for her a lot because she would do that. And then I'd be like,
0: yeah, but what if he just now, like, rapes you for real? Like, yeah, you know. She's certainly putting herself in a dangerous situation, but it's like this more extreme version of, you know, when women are told like, oh, you got raped because you, you know, you wore a short skirt and you went out alone and you weren't careful and like all of that. Yeah, Um, It's like taking that to this extreme.
1: So I think it's, I think something interesting about it is um, like, like Lane you're saying why doesn't she just murder them and like that is a valid question um <laughs> like kind of joking but not really um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but, but i think that like you know part of it is that like she it's like she isn't just wanting to um like it's, it's like it's like a different kind of revenge that she is sort of yeah. taking mm-hmm. like it's a she wants them to just she wants them to feel, like, fucked up forever about yeah. this moment. Yes, uh, So it's, like, this very, like, you know, she is... It's, like, a psychological revenge, um, which is different from a lot of l- revenge stories and is interesting. Uh, but it also does, I think, a really good job of sort of showing the psychological effect on Cassie of going to these dark places. Like, it's obviously, like, she's obviously not in a good place and part of yeah. that is because like you know she's gone through this tragedy her whole life is just messed up because of what happened to her friend but like i'm thinking of this moment where um after she has <clears throat> after she has done some revenging activity she's like sitting in her car and this Like in in traffic like she's sitting in in her car on the road and some person pulls up behind her and she's not moving and he's yelling at her and she's just like sitting there and you can just see that she is completely shut down and then like she gets out of the car and attacks this man's truck with a bat and it's like it's not one of those like oh yeah kick his ass girl moments it's like obviously a very dark and emotional and disturbing place for her to be that she's doing this and yeah. I think that's really different from a lot of the kind of revenge revenge fantasy movies that are out there.
2: Yeah. And I felt like that moment in particular, it reminded me of this all this thing in the movie did so well, which is to really show the, like, cacophony of voices around her all the time. Like, she's walking down the street and guys are yelling at her. She's driving down the street and this guy is at her. Like, just yeah. just like this – it gives you this sort of just, like, deafening roar of this background noise of – rape culture you know just like Mm -hmm. it did that
1: so well and it also really does a good job of like you know she is a very unnerving person like that's her whole goal is to unnerve these men and like early in the movie she's walking down the street and some construction Mm -hmm. workers are yelling at her um and she just like turns and stares at them until they like Mm -hmm. they keep yelling and then they're kind of like what's going on and And then
2: f you blah blah, blah 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 yeah it's just like insulting her
1: right yeah she's just like she's very emotionally shut down for so much of it um and i think that the way that carrie mulligan plays that is so devastating because you can just feel like everything that she's been through and the way that it makes her react to this
0: she's fantastic in this she just you can see the rage and the like uh, like so much going on under the surface and all she's doing is like staring at these guys or um it's it is it's like she's never reacting the way that these men expect her mm-hmm. to react yeah in any situation she's just sort of like <laughs> like there's a moment so there's sort of a subplot where she starts dating this guy who she knew back in med school and he comes into the coffee shop where she works and says something that kind of um upsets her and then he's like Uh, I'm so sorry like you can spit in my coffee if you want and he's clearly joking he's like that (laughs) she just fucking does it she just like (laughs) stares at him and spits in his coffee and he's like oh okay like she just takes it to that extreme um but he still wants to go out with her so (laughs) right
1: Right. and that that's kind of like it's you know in in these interactions where she's gone home with These guys who think that she's completely drunk, like in one of the scenes, she has like lipstick smeared all over her mouth. And these men are constantly just like, you're so pretty. (laughs) You know, like that's specifically what they say to her because, you know, these men, they don't care if you've got lipstick smeared all over your face or if you literally just spat in their coffee. Like they still want to go
2: out with you. (laughs) Can we take a moment for that? The writer guy with the lipstick spearing scene. I was like, I I wish the three of us were watching that together because first of all, he's His book. He's uh. talking about his book. And he says, it's talking about how tough it is to be a guy in the world. It's just a gritty love story. It takes place over, the, over a single night. You know what? I don't want to jinx it. And then he tries to get her to do coke, and she's like, no. And then he starts like getting ready to sexually assault her while she's uh, passed out. And then when she pulls it on him, I'm just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life
0: from the minute where he's like my novel that i've been oh. working on i'm like fuck you yeah he, there was so like so this good.
2: interesting moment he said something i'm trying to remember what it was or he was like oh the makeup he was like why do you girls wear stuff like this yeah you know we don't we like to see you you're beautiful without it and it was like yeah. a whole like oh my god it made me think
1: of the oh the vain woman episode that we actually yes, just did, But we like, just did, yeah. And he
2: said it's the patriarchy, it's fucked up. They really <laughs> mess with you. Like the patriarchy makes you wear this. It
0: sucks, man. Like yeah. he says that, and then he like goes on to then assault her,
2: right?
0: And the before that scene, she like when she's doing her makeup, right? She's watching this YouTube video about how to like create blowjob yes. lips. <laughs> <laughs> so she does the makeup and then she sneers it like purposely as mm-hmm. part of her Drunk costume. Girl, yeah but did y'all read so carrie mulligan gave this amazing interview i think to the new york times where she talks a lot about like hollywood bullshit like the mm-hmm. thing where in scripts it always says you know she's beautiful but she doesn't know it and like <laughs> yeah. all this stuff and then she called out this critic. Um, She was like, you know, reviews don't usually get to me, but this one did. There's this critic for Variety, I believe, who basically said it was like an overall positive review of the movie, but he basically said he didn't think Carrie Mulligan was hot enough to get all of these men (gasps) to like pick her up. And she was like, what the fuck? Because, yeah, I went and read it and the guy was like, she seems like an odd casting choice. And, you know, Margot Robbie was a producer on this movie. And I wonder if it was originally meant for her. Like, I just...
1: (laughs) It's just, like, absolutely seeing red. Like, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was glad she called him out because that is some bullshit. Like, there's so much going on there i can't even like first of all to imply that carrie mulligan is not incredibly gorgeous which she obviously is but this idea of like well if she was more beautiful more men would want to rape her right i yeah (laughs) it has anything to do with oh my god well what's really interesting about that
1: is that i i read that the reviewer who wrote that is actually a gay man so it's like this sort of thing is Mm. so it's like so entrenched in everything that everyone believes the, like yeah. even even someone who's like not evaluating her in terms of her would i fuck her you know like even someone who is looking at it from sort of a remove from that picks up on this idea of like you know of sex and rape somehow being about well, rape being about sex first of all and that being about you know attractiveness like it's just yeah so, it's so fucked up
0: like assault or harassment is a compliment right you're so beautiful like fuck off i remember i at a job i had
1: many years ago um someone was talking about like like oh you have to be careful when you go out to a bar and cover your drink and make sure no one puts anything in it and there's this one coworker that i had who was like she said like no one's ever tried to date rape me in a way of like i'm offended that no one has ever tried to do that. Am I not cute oh, enough? It was just oh like, God. I cannot even believe a woman would say that, but of course, like this stuff is so deep in our culture that like, of course, you know, oh, a, a woman can internalize that kind of message and and just like sort of say it so casually at work. come, come on,
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow,
2: and I felt like actually felt like she was an important casting choice because of this. Because I, I do think they did a really good job of showing like if you fit this certain model of beauty, you will get harassed and messed with for your entire fuckable life that will end at thirty eight, but <laughs> as you <we> know, <laughs> um, but it, you literally will not be able to walk down the street. You will not be able to be safe in any place because guys will think it's almost a compliment to you to assault and harass you everywhere you go. And Mm -hmm. if you don't take it as a compliment, they're angry, they're offended, they've bestowed something upon you, you're supposed to be flattered. Um, And they just did such a good job with that, I think. And that's why I felt like she was a good casting choice, because she's really thin, like very thin. She's very blonde, she's very tan, she's very pretty, you know, and it's just like, I don't know. I felt like that was good and important
0: yeah, she does look a little more like a normal person than than some women in Hollywood, which I think was an interesting choice as well. But it's it's yeah to imply that like, oh these men wouldn't fall for it because she's not hot enough like completely misses the point oh of absolutely everything. Like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. So there was this other really qu- interesting quote from that interview um, that Carrie Mulligan said, which is, um, I'll just read it. So she says, Cassie has every right to be as closed down, as abrasive, as unpleasant, as vindictive as she likes because she's been through hell. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't care about her. And I thought that was really, I mean, that's kind of what we talk about love all that. the time yes. on this show, right? It's like, even if a woman is, I mean, first of all, it's like she has reasons for being this way. Like, it's not like she's just being a bitch for no reason like although we support that also (laughs) being a bitch for no reason (laughs) do. (laughs) to be clear but like she has things in her past that are causing her to act this way and even if she's doing quote unquote unlikable things it doesn't mean that we don't sympathize with her and like have human feelings towards her her plight right
1: well yeah i think that she is like she's definitely you know abrasive and like difficult but she is an extremely like root forable character
0: The entire way through. Yes, you want her to succeed. And you also kind of, I feel like there's this element of, I mean, she's really made her whole life about this. And there's a part of you that wants her to, like, leave it behind and, like, be happy. But you can see why she can't. Like, there's a great scene between her and uh, Molly Shannon plays the mother of her, Mm -hmm. her friend who, who killed herself. And... She basically says to Cassie, like, you're just like hurting yourself now. You need to let this go. This isn't what your friend would have wanted for your life. Um, And I kind of felt that way as a viewer, too. It's like you care about her and you just want her to be happy, but you totally understand why she can't let it go. Like, she is definitely a a woman who can't let it go. Uh, Yeah,
1: for sure. She's like the ultimate woman who can't let it go.
0: I feel like it's so um,
2: unfair. It, I understand her perspective. It's like, we can't just let these go. We can't just let these go. We have to stop letting these go. Like that urgency she feels, I thought was
0: communicated so well. Hmm. I read another really interesting piece on this movie in The Mary Sue, which was talking about how women are discouraged for like seeking revenge or even justice for themselves. But if they're seeking it on behalf of... Uh, friend Mm -hmm. or like someone else i mean we talked about this in our some of our previous episodes these revenge narratives where it's like her child was killed or like something happened to someone else and we can sympathize with that more than a woman trying to get revenge on her on her own behalf Mm -hmm. we're supposed to as women like care more about other people than about ourselves which is some bullshit as well but (laughs) yes (laughs) that is an interesting thing in this in this film is like her revenge is all about this thing that happened to her friend which had a very real impact on her as a person but it's ultimately about what was done to her friend and that's why she's so obsessed with revenge
2: yeah it's funny our conversation about this it makes me so angry about the the idea of likability that you can be a person who has been through such hell and you can be a person who's just been through such terrible things and that you can be such a complex and multi-layered person and people will just ask themselves but is she likable like it's such a it's so maddening and it makes me so angry like to think about those two things together
1: well it's almost like the the complexity that we find so compelling is like automatically what other people interpret as this is too difficult to process I'm going to lump it into this category of like I don't like her I can't figure her out I don't get her something's going on there
0: You gotta be likable and you gotta be fuckable,
2: even while you're.
0: (laughs) As long as you can.
2: So my question is: Now that I'm no longer, uh, now that I've passed my last day, do your last fuckable day? Yeah. Now that that's over, um, do I do I still have to also be likable? I think I do, right? I have to, even though, of course, course. obviously, of course.
1: (laughs) Even though no one would deign to fuck you, you still have to try to make them want to, even though it's hopeless, right?
2: But it's pathetic, too, if you try to (laughs) make them want to. Yes. Yeah. So it has to be effortless. I have to effortlessly effortlessly try to make them want me, even though it's impossible because I've passed my last day. Yes. And I have to be nice while I'm doing it and not resent it and enjoy it, but not too much. You nailed it okay
0: there you, there you go it. figured it out well Kristen, you recently had a birthday you only have one last year of fuckability. yes like, one more year feel?
1: of fuckability until <laughs> until i've joined the the old crone club with you wendy
2: the rivulets <laughs> of cellulite on your thighs yes are, are forming <laughs> never have i heard a description of a woman's body that made me so grossed out i was like wow i mean cellulite's really not that big of a deal man no. like it's it's on everybody, you know that, right? Like every, guys have it too. It's it's really also not like that big like, of a deal.
1: Rivulets, like that doesn't even make sense. Know. Like it's like beads of beads of fat just sticking to your skin.
2: I no, think it's like dude. you know when it rains and the the there become <laughs> these like little pathways in the dirt, and so the dirt <laughs> separates into all these different like chunks.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> Bringing it back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my fault. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're always here to talk about the ridiculous cellulite and make fun of AJ Finn. So. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's really like why is the that podcast not exists. what
2: the podcast is for?
0: It is. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know we wanted to talk about some of the other female characters in this movie. I just mentioned um, Molly Shannon plays the the mom of Cassie's friend, Nina. Um, but there's some other really interesting, yeah. like genuinely unlikable female characters. Yeah. Big time. Feel a lot of things. So why don't we talk about them? And I think this will get like maybe slightly spoilery, but we're still not going to spoil anything huge. And we promise we're going to warn you before that happens. So this is just like minor, minor spoilers.
2: The thing I found interesting about these female characters was like, what we learned from this movie is if you fight the patriarchy, you're bad. But if you go along with the patriarchy, you're also bad. So
1: <laughs> Right. <laughs> there's just, there's like, you really can't win. I think it's no. really interesting. So um, one of the women played by Allison Brie is like another – Uh, A woman who was one of the other medical students at the time um, who was like loosely in like Cassie was kind of friends with her. Like it didn't seem like they were ever super close, Mm -hmm. but they were friendly and they were certainly like they knew each other well. Um, And it's like heavily implied that um, Allison Bree's character did not believe Nina's story and sort of she takes the stance of like you know <clears throat> well she was getting drunk all the time what did she expect to happen so she kind of has this oh she was asking for it stance mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, I think it's really interesting that in Cassie's revenge arc she starts there she starts with Alison Bree as like yeah, the yeah. first person that she wants to um like enact this vengeance on
0: yeah, she has a step-by-step revenge plan, yes. and it does start there. Yes. And Allison's character is also, um, she seemed, she's portrayed as kind of a mean girl. Like, her name is Madison. She seems like kind of that, like, rich bitch, stuck-up, mm-hmm. popular girl type um, that, yeah, like, you can kind of see that they never got along in mid-school, but she was part of this, this whole, you know, women can be part of rape culture too. And I thought that was like a huge part of it. And we really prop it up sometimes. Yes, what I saw in her character is like, she knew what happened and almost to keep her own sanity or her own status or or whatever, she had to convince herself of like, well, she was really asking for Mm -hmm. it. And like it was it was her fault and that would never happen to me because I'm more careful than that um and then I was just gonna of, say that her yeah. whole
2: identity around this is centered on this could never happen to me because I am so much blah 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 yeah it's I like a self-protection never. thing mm-hmm. to
0: keep your own fear at bay of like well I can control this I just won't like get drunk and go to a party with a bunch of guys where it's like you know women can get sexually assaulted in, like, any situation, mm-hmm. any level of sobriety. Like, it's just a constant threat. But I think there is this self-protective thing in telling yourself that. Like, oh, I can control it. I can not act this certain way, and then it won't happen to me. Right.
2: There's a character like her on The Handmaid's Tale. She's the wife, the blonde woman. She's really statuesque. Do you know what I'm talking about? And she, like, Serena helped. Joy. Yeah, she, like, helped put the plan, whole plan together. But then she got um, kind of sidelined because she's a woman. Remember this mm-hmm. part of The Handmaid's Tale? It reminded me of that a bit.
0: Yeah, you want to believe it can't happen to you. Right. And you want to like align yourself with the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see with all these women who voted for Trump, too. It's like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. white women. It's white horror. ladies. Let's uh, see. It. Yeah. <laughs> they think it's to their benefit to align with the patriarchy and the white men in power. But like it really hurts you in the end. Mm-hmm. They're not on your side. Um, and then the other character I wanted to talk about was Connie Britton. Our, our fave... Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights. (laughs) (laughs) She plays the dean at the medical school and Cassie goes to kind of confront her about her role in covering this up. And she doesn't even remember the incident or like kind of claims to not remember the incident. But again, does this kind of victim blaming like, oh, well, you know, it was he said, she said, we don't want to like ruin this young man's life over rumors, like that kind of shit, mm-hmm. which I found that scene so interesting because mm-hmm. I have seen like this in my book, They Never Learn, um, where they go to a female dean and like report a sexual assault and she's very dismissive. And I've had readers say like, well, a woman wouldn't do that. Like, that's so unrealistic. And I'm like, y'all, I literally wrote that scene after watching the documentary about campus sexual assault the the hunting ground and ha- like many many women in that movie talk about how female university officials were a huge part of the cover up and dismissed them in this way and kind of were like well you know you have to think about your culpability and like mm-hmm. all of this shit like it's incredibly realistic That's it happens right. every day (laughs) well and there's an interesting moment with the dean where she says what am i supposed
2: to do i get like one or two of these reports every week right what am i gonna do
1: right it's almost like she's saying like there's so many of them it doesn't even matter but it's like that's the reason it does matter because there are (laughs) so many of them (laughs) exactly yeah
0: okay so do we want to get into spoilery territory yeah i think so Okay, so if you haven't seen the movie, this is your warning. We're gonna like start to spoil the ending, um, and you do not want the ending spoiled. I actually had it spoiled for me on the internet like a year before this movie oh, came no. out, and I'm still mad about it. So that like, sucks. That yeah, suck. please, please vacate so you can yes. have a pure experience watching this. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> for everyone else who's still yes. here, um, okay, this fucking guy. First of all, <laughs> let's talk about this fucking guy. Yes. Okay, can I just
2: say, I've been waiting to say this. The second he walked onto the screen, I was like, this guy is Jim from The Office, and this is going to be bad because Jim from The Office is bad.
0: (laughs) He had that thing that like tall, cute, like unassuming thing. Like, Uh uh Yes. Can't be trusted.
2: Yeah, so she falls in with Jim from The Office, who's like so (laughs) cute and funny and like a pediatric surgeon. I was like, this guy's going to be up to some bad shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, And they have all these like cute scenes together mm-hmm. and they're like dancing to Paris Hilton songs and you're like, this is this is going to end a disaster. I feel like even if I hadn't had that spoiled for me just as a thriller author, I would have been like, oh, things are going too well. <laughs> <laughs> oh no.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's this uh, great piece in The New Yorker that Carmen Maria Machado wrote about this movie uh, and about Ryan. She she describes him as uh, he has charm and the tallness that people often confuse for good looks. Which yes. I think is so good. It's like, yes. God. He is
0: just tall. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's very tall though. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, you know, she finds out that this guy was there the day that her friend was raped, like at the party. He didn't touch her. He didn't he wasn't involved, but he like stood there and watched and laughed about it and did nothing. Which I think is entirely too common i mean it like takes all of these like it's at a party right so like there are lots of witnesses Mm -hmm.
1: and to and And, like to be clear this isn't like hearsay that she learns this she winds up getting a a video recording from madison who had like a a, an old cell phone that someone had recorded mm -hmm. the assault and sent it around to some people she discovers it and she gives it to cassie uh, and cassie watches it The, the movie does not show us the footage which i think is a really smart choice um, yeah thank God, we just hear, yeah, the sounds of it. And just from the sound, you know, you can hear his laugh. You can hear his voice. like he's not intervening. He is going along with it, even if he's not directly involved. He's fucking involved,
2: yes, isn't there a thing where it's like, hey, get Ryan, get Ryan. And like they like they like get him or something, or it's like you hear him like it's like, oh, that's gonna hurt later. Like yeah. there's like a thing like
0: that, yeah, yeah. I did think it was a really smart choice to not show the video. We just see Cassie's face as she's watching it and her reaction. And it's so devastating. And it's like, we don't need to see this video because we can all picture it very readily. Like it is not difficult to imagine, (laughs) which is fucked up in and of itself. Um, So I thought that was a really smart decision. So then she uses this to get the guy to tell her where... um, So the guy who was, like, the actual rapist is getting married, of course. And Cassie finds out where his bachelor party is going to be from Ryan. Kind of, like, you know, blackmails him, Mm -hmm. saying she's going to release this video and ruin his career. So he tells her where the bachelor party is. And she shows up dressed as, like, a sexy nurse to enact her, her final revenge and it's so, like, just watching her walk in. And again, like, I knew it was going to happen because somebody fucking spoiled it on the this, internet. Uh, so uh, terrible. But <laughs> I know. It got spoiled, too, because, so like, this movie was at a lot of film festivals. And early, so there were some early viewers who were, like, very upset about the way that it ended and felt that it was, like, kind of anti-feminist or kind of... And I think that's bullshit. Like, yeah. it's making some points. Right. And I... Uh, uh, anyway... <laughs>
2: It was devastating when she walked in, yes, like you said. Yes, absolutely like you devastating. No, know this is not going to go well.
1: And, like, no one recognizes her. No one is even mm-hmm. really looking at her face, probably. Um, no one even actually yeah. ordered, like, a stripper or whatever they think she is. They're just like, hey, there's a sexy nurse
0: here. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. So then she confronts the rapist and, like... All she wants really is for him to admit that he did it. Like, she's not there to kill him. She's not there. To She just wants him to say, like, I did it or like apologizing would be nice. But I feel like what she really wants in that scene is just to hear him say, like, yes, I raped her. She's going to carve Nina
2: on his chest. I think mm-hmm. she's going to carve the word Nina on him. I felt
0: like she was only going to do that because he wouldn't admit to it. Like Mm. that was kind of the escalation. I feel like if he'd been. I
1: think if he had been like, you know, you're right. She probably would have just been like, okay. And like, yeah, that would have been enough. Like in when this scene is unfolding, she is in a room alone with him. They're on a different floor from all of the other party attendees who she has uh, drugged. We, we come to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. So like no one can hear him screaming. She's got him handcuffed to the bed. He's like freaking out that she's doing this but he is very firmly committed to the fact that he is a nice guy
0: Uh uh-huh yep and then when she gets on top of him to carve nina into his chest because he wouldn't admit what he did he kills her he smothers her to death it's a horrible like that's the one point of violence that the movie like makes us watch the whole thing Mm -hmm. which i think is uh, like you said, Wendy, it's good. Like if it's too triggering for people, if you're watching it at home, you can mm-hmm. fast forward through it. But I thought it was really powerful that they linger on this. They really like show how long it takes to smother someone, which is a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's saying is, the whole time, "I just need you to be quiet. Yeah, just stop talking." Yeah. Like just he's stop talking, and he it's like
2: you've done it. She's not talking. Like it's he's yeah. he's having this panicky like, "I just need to not face this thing in myself right. moment with it," where he can't. Mm-hmm. He cannot face the person holding him accountable to what he's done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would rather become a murderer than admit that he was a rapist. Right. Yeah. Like that is yeah. wow. Very telling. And then yeah. the next morning, um his friend, he played the guy who played Schmidt on New Girl, who which is like great casting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, um. so he comes in and he basically is like, he sees what has happened. And instead of being horrified, he's like, this wasn't your fault, man. And he helps him cover it up. Like, which again, unfortunately, very realistic. Yep. So like the emotional reaction here is so interesting
2: because the guy who killed her is crying. He's like, I can't mm-hmm. believe this happened to me. He's doing uh-huh. that like white fragility thing that <laughs> white women do all the time. That's true. You know, and it's just like. I don't know. I, there's, I feel like there's a lot. It's
0: just so smart. It's like there's so much to unpack there. Yes. Yeah. And then the actual like ending of the movie, Cassie has set into. She kind of knew that it could go this way, like that she might not walk out of this place. So she set into motion this whole plan where, like, she sent proof to various people, like, and the police come and arrest the rapist slash now murderer at his own wedding, which is very, very satisfying yes. to to I was, watch. I needed that ending. Yeah. Oh my I gosh. I was
1: like so like just tense, like, oh my God, how is this film going to end? Like is it just going to be like and that's what happens in mm-hmm. this world. Like men kill women and nothing happens to them. I was so terrified. Yeah.
2: I was really ready for that. And I think I was so grateful that they gave us that ending. Yes.
0: No, I think, like, what people were upset about when people were spoiling this on Twitter to, like, warn people away from this movie, <laughs> which is how I got spoiled, it was like they were, I don't know, like, they they were almost treating it like when we talk about, like, male authors or, right, you know, filmmakers kill off women and it's just like their fuckable corpse then mm-hmm. and like yeah. no one cares which is totally not what's going on here no. like no. first of all she's very careful the way that like emerald fennel the director the way that she filmed this you never see cassie's face once she's dead mm. you see like her hand and mm-hmm. you see so it's like very um carefully filmed and then the point that she's making as far as i'm concerned is it's like okay now that she's dead now that there's a corpse people believe her yeah mm-hmm. which is exactly it's like <laughs> devastatingly accurate it's like,
1: what do we have to do to be believed we have to be dead like that's what you have to yeah. do to be believed you have to leave behind a body
0: yep yep
1: and i think that like the way that this final scene is unfolding the police are showing up and um ryan her her ex cassie's ex-boyfriend is getting the series of text messages from her that she had like scheduled to be sent um mm-hmm. and it's just like this absolutely pitch perfect end to this movie
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and like she sort of you know explains like here's here's why this happened and then um like she signs the final message like love cassie and nina and yeah that fucking destroyed me like i just started sobbing when i was watching this movie like oh my god
0: yeah yeah me I'm too so mad that i didn't get to like actually have the emotional experience of this movie because, and I even like months later after it had already been spoiled and I come across it, I would like tweet about how I was looking forward to seeing it. And people would tag me and be like, do you know Ugh. what this movie really is? Like you should read this and like t- link to the threat. I was just like, let people watch art and decide for themselves especially if it's a female filmmaker making a movie like this like she's not gonna do some like (laughs) anti-feminist bullshit like she's making a point if you don't like it that's one thing right but like it's a bold artistic choice and i wish i could have seen it unfold like you guys got to i'm like always gonna be mad about that
1: yeah i don't blame you at all like it was very very powerful i'm like getting emotional just thinking about me too
0: yeah I keep having like chills talking about it. And this is like even after I felt like I was a little numb watching it because I was like waiting for the thing to happen. And (sighs) yeah, I felt like there was this thing at the
2: end where the filmmaker was saying, "Okay, so when Nina, when this when Nina died, you know, Cassie was the one to speak out on Nina's behalf. You know, now Cassie is dead. And I almost felt like the film was like handing it to viewers to be like, what will you do Mm -hmm. for these women who have died or who have had this happen to them, you yes. know, I, I really
0: felt like this was such a successful communication tool. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to make a lot of men feel really uncomfortable and they should feel really uncomfortable and women too, you know, because like we have to, like, we've been talking this whole time about how we as women are complicit in the patriarchy and in rape mm-hmm. culture and everything. And the movie really gets at that as well um, with Alison Bree's character and Connie Burton's character um and even like cassie's obsession like the fact that she can't let this go and this has completely taken over her life um yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot to unpack i feel like we could talk about it for days and days i need like a whole college course on this it's so amazing
1: also i really want to mention the look of the movie um the way it's sort of like thank you it's like during the day it's like this pastel pale pink and blue Mm -hmm. sort of bubblegummy world and Mm -hmm. cassie has like a very like you know early 2000s britney spears hair um mm-hmm. yeah and then when she goes when she goes out at night like the color palette shifts and everything is like super garish um it's just like mm-hmm. so much went into all that uh, it's, it's really 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 adds to the experience of watching it
2: yeah i was thinking mm-hmm. about that the whole time like all the scenes in the cafe it's all this like kind of cotton candy hipster color scheme mm-hmm. you know very like um i don't know what's a good word for it like one of those, like, Technicolor apps, you know, yeah. that, like, filters everything into really, like, chromatic
0: shades. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, like, girly. It's, like, yeah. overtly yes. feminine it's soft in interesting also, way. So,
1: like, mm-hmm. like, the decor in um, Cassie's parents' house where she lives, like, it's very, mm-hmm. it's very frilly and, and feminine.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just Yeah, all yeah, of it so it's like good. almost like an Instagram like account. Like the way that they have it so color themed yeah. throughout the day and the night scenes, like you said. And the night scenes are really like uh like you know when you see shots of like Amsterdam's red light district yeah. and it looks mm-hmm. like that, like the when you see stuff that's filmed
0: there, it, it kinda has that sort of vibe to it. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Anyway, that is Promising Young Woman it's available to rent on Amazon and other places and I mean we highly recommend it I would say you need to be in like a certain emotional place yeah. to watch it but we're all in a terrible emotional place right now <laughs> right yeah. and we may never get out of it so just just watch it anyway
2: yeah I feel like we should all watch it and like remember that if Alison Bree's character watched this movie she would be like that's terrible yeah I would never and we have to like yeah. really examine ourselves and see where we've been complicit because we are like there have to be ways and things that we can be more aware of for sure that's a really good yeah, point that is a good point that's it for this episode of unlikable female characters don't forget to subscribe and you can also follow us on twitter at unlikable fc pod for updates book recommendations and angry feminist rants Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.